Craft Beer Radio, episode 369, on February 6, 2016. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show where we take a microscope to some beers and tell you what we're tasting. I'm Greg. I'm Jeff. And what do we got in, in for us today, Jeff? We have um, some beers. Uh, so a couple were uh, just came in to, uh, given to me by several people and uh, got this new release from Fatheads in New Belgium that I wanted to try, so I picked up a growler. All right. A we- lot of... IPAs, it looks like, from, from yeah, the stuff. Uh, two in a session. Yeah. Okay. Um, first one to do is a lager, though. We're going to do Sympathy for the Lager. Sympathy for the Lager. From Carbach Brewing Company. This is one of the beers that Dave dropped off. 40 IBUs, 4.9% alcohol by volume. The malts that were used are Two Row Pale, Pills, Vienna, Honey Malt, and Carafoam. The hops... Tetanang, Hillertown Middlefra, and Spolt. So, interesting. The color is a sort of, it's a golden straw. It is a little hazy. Yeah, mostly clear, but you really can't discern your fingerprint through the glass. I'm interested by that malt book because there's a lot of interesting stuff Mm -hmm. in there. Two row pale, okay, that in pills, great. Check that. Vienna, all right, so you're getting a little bit more uh, uh, malty stuff. Mm-hmm. Honey malt, oh, that's interesting take. And then Carafoam. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Carafoam, I think, mostly is uh, for the proteins to help with head retention. Right. Yeah, so it's kind of something you just add a little bit to to help with the head retention. Uh, the Munich's really the first thing I smelled when I got in here. Maybe maybe the honey's helping bolster that. But, you know, I'm getting this kind of nice, rich, bready with a little bit of graham cracker. It smells great malt profile smell on this second sniff i'm yep. getting a little bit of a uh, hopping in there you know first time it was just big and sweet and malty now i'm getting something that's a little bit um hoppy let's see if yeah, I can... on the spicy edge of the of hoppiness more continental mm-hmm. yep it smells clean it smells like a pretty smells good. nice vienna-ish from the aroma i would mm-hmm. guess mm. Mm. mm-hmm it really delivers a lot of that malt backbone, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of really nice sweetness. Like you said, sort of graham cracker, um, a little. I, I do I do taste. I mean, you can tell where the honey malt comes in because there's definitely a, a flavor that's different than like a meat. It's different than a fermented right. honey, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, there's a lot of sweetness, and then there's a a yeah a really decent amount of bitterness to make it so the sweetness doesn't become cloying. Yeah, it's um. Do they say, like, what the style is on the website? Because the can doesn't really say. You know, it's just called Sympathy, Sympathy for the Lager. And uh, it seems kind of um, Vienna lager. Um, yeah, I would probably put it in the Vienna. Um, because of the hopping, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, you could go this sweet and maybe make it a Hellas or something, but that would that would no, still not Hellas be... Hellas wouldn't be this small. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have that... It wouldn't have the Munich-type malt Right, it would be honey. sweet, but it wouldn't be it a would, malty. It would be... Well, I think it would be more Pils malty. You know, it would be a kind of a lighter, more... Um, okay, yeah. So, Straw-like right, yeah, malt yeah. flavor. Yeah. Uh, that That's what I'm getting towards, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're right. You're, you have a better call on that. Um, I think a Vienna is, is probably the... the mm-hmm. 
the best way to, to think of this. A fair amount of just enough bitterness on there to kind of take the sweetness out of the beer so you're not left with anything sweet. It has a nice balance on the finish. You want to see what Beer Advocate says it is? Or, sure. Or uh, Rapier? Okay, so Rapier says an amber lager Vienna lager. Yep. Um, beer Advocate <coughs> says Euro Pale Lager. Yeah, I don't buy that. Oversight. They're busy with their Extreme Beer Fest this weekend, so mm. they're not able to double-check the styles <laughs> on the uh, Carbox Sympathy for the Lager. Right, that, that went up, um, you know, 2011. <laughs> and I'm teasing, I'm not criticizing. No, 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 it, 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 it's... Verificate is, is a good source for a lot of information. Right. Like Wikipedia, sometimes it, it fails. This is enjoyable. I, I, I like it a lot. Very clean and, and easy drinker. Uh, the bitterness really is, is very nice to go with the malt. I think the honey malt and the character that gives it... I think what they're... So think Texas, right? Think hot summers. I mm. think it kind of gives it some of the uh, apparent body slash sweetness of a Vienna lager, but it, it makes it a kind of a bit of a lighter taste. You know, so it's not as heavy you know, yeah. as, as a Vienna lager does, but it kind of fools you there. Mm-hmm. So I think I can see how for a warmer climate, substituting that in kind of is a, an interesting um, substitution, which will make for a uh, lighter, uh, less... Um, Burdening beer, like you know, where if it's too hot, you wouldn't want to be drinking. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Munich lagers all the time. Basically, it doesn't feel as as like it doesn't feel. It has a good mouthfeel, but it doesn't feel thick to right. you when you're drinking. Right. It. Um, they have some interesting recommended pairings that I think would work well. Street tacos is one of the recommended pairings. That'd be a great pairing. Uh, pizza, you know, shrimp brochette, pork chops, fried okra. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Car pack brewing. Brewed in Texas. All right. Houston. So next, let's do this new beer from Sam Adams. All right. So. So they sent us the three beers from the Nitro Project. Right. And you've probably seen these on TV. They're in the main marketing push for this beer right now. They announced this when we were out at GABF and we we're at the Sam Adams Long Shop Brunch. And we t- tasted the Nitro uh, White Ale, then. I figure we'll do the IPA tonight. The The third of the series is a coffee stout. And I believe they may keep expanding the series as popularity. Yeah, so they have their nitro white coffee listen, stout. Listen to that widget. There's that widget in the, in the can. 7.5% occupied volume on the nitro IPA. Uh, here's the hops. Uh, Amarillo. Centennial Galaxy Polaris, which I'm not that familiar with. Simcoe and Zeus. 100 IBUs, they say, so 80 on your tongue. That's about the limit. Uh, Be curious to see. It sounds like it's a pretty um, big and aggressive IPA, but, you know, Nitro... I find typically, like, washes out flavors for these things. So I I don't want to go into prejudging. I'm really curious to see how this guy uh, goes. Well, the malt is just their standard tubero pale malt. 
So they have, they have a blend which they use for a lot of their beers. Very clear on this guy. Uh, more of a golden, a little bit bronze. They have a little uh, thing here on the label. Chill before pouring. Nitro doesn't like being contained. It creates pressure that may cause unchilled cans to overflow. Okay, I, I see where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. As it warms up, the nitrogen is going to leak out a solution. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so this can's been sitting here since before the pre-show. Mm-hmm. And it was a starting to just come up over the mm-hmm. mouth when I started the port. So typically you don't want to drink these from the cans. And they sent us a nitro project glass. It's kind of like a traditional um, English-style um, nonic mm-hmm. pint glass with, the you know, that little bulge for catching yeast for cask beers. But it's a little shorter squatter, and the bulge is more pronounced. And it's it looks a little thick, it's especially pretty, compared to our spear. Pretty pretty thick like. glass. Um, it's probably it's designed for the whole can. You know, yeah. we're splitting this, so you know we're not going to be drinking it from the official glass. It's got that very fine bubble of the nitro head. It, the um, the nitro does not wash out the hop aroma for sure. It's kind of dank and and pungent. Passion fruit, uh, pineapple. Um, and then you know there's something that's <laughs> something more, sulfury yeah there's something that's kind of uh, pine sappy I think the amarillo is really cutting through um, durian a little bit there's a little oniony note right? Mm-hmm. But that, that's more the sulfury no, I'll, I'll give this one a durian call for sure Interesting. I'm not. I'm not smelling it. It's jumping around. I'm smelling like three or four different things, and it's kind of cycling through. It definitely brings the aroma. Still has a pretty thick, super fine head on it. You know, like looks like uh, whipped cream mm-hmm. almost. The mouth feels super creamy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have any kind of prickliness at all to it. It uh, it has a very... The hops do carry through. The durian is really potent to me. <laughs> and, That's um, interesting because normally I would be like really... Be super sensitive to it and be like, you know, leaving the room by now. But I'm just... It's nailing me. And uh, I do think that the nitrogen is cutting back on how hard the, this hopping is hitting you. Yes, you know, so it's kind of, it's, there's enough in this can that it's still a good drink. But if this was CO2 carbonated, it would be blistering, I think, right? Yeah, probably. It, it's very, very dank. It is, uh, how can I put this? It, it really resiny. Mm-hmm. Um, the the notes of... That might be why I'm calling it durian. The, it's so creamy. Yeah. It has a texture like Dorian flesh a little kind bit. Kind of. And it's... I mean, nitrogen, of course, does that to mouthfeel it. It, it really mm-hmm. makes it uh, very silky. But this one's like... This one's like milkshakey or milky. I mean, it is, it's <laughs> it beyond is, yeah. your typical nitro draft pub gas uh, creaminess. It does... Yeah, it feels like there's a... There's almost like a extra surface tension... Yeah. So pup gas has a blend, right? It's like 80 nitro, 20 CO2 or something like that. I'm trying to remember if Jim was talking about 
these things being like all nitro or something like that, like take the CDO2 out completely. I'm trying to remember if he said that. Hmm. So there might be some more information on the other stuff that's just information about the nitro ears. Let's see. Yeah, we do get <laughs> we do get lots, lots of, material. of reading material that we don't necessarily always go through. This is pretty interesting. Um, like I said, it would be a blistering IPA if it was unserved normally. There's so much hop flavor in there. To reduce the high pressure nitro beers forced out by nitro gas blend, which is typically 75% nitrogen and 25% CO2. Typically? Typically. He mentioned that theirs is not typical. It's hard for me to to, to right. just scan yeah. and get yeah. the information, but that is on there. So, all right, we'll that. see if we can figure this yeah. out. Why don't you take some sips? Mm-hmm. Tell us what you're tasting. Yeah. So, there's a lot of a lot of really uh, a lot of the stuff that I think would would disqualify this beer from being liked by me if it weren't for the nitrogen. I, like, I, I feel like it would lay on my tongue very bitter, but the nitrogen is somehow lifting it a bit. So it doesn't feel that soup, like it's it's really that strongly bitter. Uh, but I definitely taste these very strong resiny notes that um, you can tell like they're, it's like orbiting around Chinook without actually being Chinook. <laughs> Chinook to me is mm-hmm. like the right. the the prototypical uh, resiny, almost woody hop, and this is getting close to that with a lot of resin, but it's sort of feeling around the edges. I think that's a lot of Emerald and Simcoe that's doing that. Don't really get a lot of the uh, a lot of the tropical stuff that we do appreciate so much, although things like Galaxy are in there. Uh, but I think it's more there to, to... I can't really taste it, to be honest with you. Yeah, they mentioned again about how nitro beers typically... They don't say they're an atypical. So yeah. let's just say they're using normal blend of pub gas. And... Um, hmm. It's not a slouch for an IPA. No, it it, it really... It's hopped in a way that I normally wouldn't like, but I'm not disliking it. So you like the serving format, the the, the nitro. The nitro adds something to this that I would not have thought mm-hmm. would be there. The nitro gives it a drinkability that it would not have normally with this type of hopping. To me, other people might really enjoy this. Can you reach that dump bucket? It's on the other side of the table. I'm just rinsing out. Yeah, we're not done yet. We're I'm rinsing, rinsing out the ridiculous amount of foam left over after the beer's gone. <laughs> That was the uh, Samuel Adams Nitro IPA. I think we'll have a. I don't want to do this one right away. Let's do this, uh, the Fat Gary next. All right. It's Fatter Gary. Fat, well, it's Bourbon, bourbon Barrel Aged Fatter, fatter Gary. Gary. Yes. So, Fat Gary is a brown ale from East End Brewing. Yep. Session brown ale, like 3.5% or so. 
And this is their uh, Imperial Brown, which comes in at, does the label say? Th this beer is not on their website. You might want to go straight to Beer Advocate or Rape Beer. All right. So, Rape Beer doesn't have a lot of information. Maybe Beer Advocate will. Spirit provided by the brewery. Thank you, East End. Thank you, Scott. I don't know if you saw. This has got to be pretty local news for people. But, uh, you know, the last couple of years, East End has had a, the growler shop at the Pittsburgh Public Market. Mm -hmm. and the Pittsburgh Public Market has moved. Um, they've been at two different locations over the last couple of years. Well, they're closing up again. They've been evicted by the landlords again. <laughs> wow. And I guess they're not really reopening immediately. But uh, Scott just signed a lease for... Um, storefront. It's basically a bar, but it's a brewery. T you know, it's going to be their brewery tap room. And he's going in, and one of the other shops at the public market, Eliza's Oven, is going to do the food there. And um, it's going to be on 19th Street in the Strip, and uh, kind of a new part of his business where it's going to be, you know, kind of like a brewery bar, tide house. Interesting. So, actually, I was able to get information from finally from Untapped. Okay. Uh, Bourbon Barrel Fetter Gary, 6.9% alcohol by volume. Imperial. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if you start at three something, then. Mm -hmm. um, they have no. It, it's funny because they don't have an IBU rating, but they say no IBU. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is very, very dark. It is, has brown highlights. Mm hmm. There's a lot of barrel characters. The bar it's kind of coconut, don't you think? The, bar the barrel's coming across like coconut, coconut husk, something like that. I can see it's it. Not, it's not really rummy, but I'm getting coconut. I can see it. Especially when you mention the husk. Mm -hmm. hmm. Or if not the husk, like the outside of the shell. Right, you know? yeah, not the... Yeah, green. not the big green, yeah. but the outside of the shell. It smells pretty good. There's some booziness there, but I think for me that coconut kind of is dominating it. And uh, try to see what else is nothing. You know, the beer really isn't. It's mostly barrel and coconut flavors. The the you know, there's not too much straight up maltiness that I'm picking out in the aroma. Greg's making a face. Oh, it's really like fizzy, highly carbonated. The vanilla from the oakiness mm -hmm. is... The first thing I tasted was some little plasticky. I think it's the vanilla from the oakiness okay. that I was doing that. That's why I was... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's there. Yeah, I'm, again. I'm not getting anything that's too phenolic. I'm getting a. What am I getting? I think it's, it's kind of like a vanilla, vanillins from the wood and yeah. stuff. I think it's a pretty interesting woodiness. Now, whether it's you know up your alley or not, but I'm not tasting anything that's kind of spoiled or anything. like no, that. No, no, it, it it it's there are components. It's, it's potent. I mean, it's potent. Like yeah. it almost feels like a little too much time in the barrel, or it could have been blended out a little bit yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm picking up things that 
would be signs if it weren't if mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out where they came from. Right. Which is this is definitely coming from the barrel, but um if you're overtly sensitive to that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you are, you generally don't yeah. like huge barrel age. And this is this is big mm-hmm. overflowing barrel. Even as I'm drinking it, certain like things are amplifying every taste and kind of saturating out my tongue. Like I'm tasting something that's kind of um Oh, I don't know. How do I want to describe this? There's, there's something interesting about how we do the show and and sort of a a maxim that that, that is I is there a little have. bit of tartness in here too? Or you like as I drink it, either my tongue is getting fried and like I'm making weird connections, but it almost like I'm wondering if it's starting to like get a little sour or something. Is there a little tartness in there? A little bit of wild cherry. You know, I wouldn't have have found it if you didn't mention it. But yes, I think there is. And remember when we first took that first sip, how there was like extra fine carbonation in there, like almost like overpressured. Uh, I wonder if um, some of like wild hop or bret or bret hop is is gotten into here (laughs) and is starting to sour this beer into like a a, a old Bruin slash Imperial bourbon barrel. It would be interesting to try one of these in a year, one of these same bottles in like a year and see what Mm -hmm. happens. The what was I? I was on. I was on. Yeah. The rant. more the more I drink this, it was one of those things like perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to taste barrel, and I was tasting this thing that was kind of like this plasticky cherry thing, right? And now I changed my perspective to wild yeasts and Flanders type character and something, and and now this beer makes more sense. Like yeah. it, it fits. Like yeah. I'm not tasting that. I'm not hearing that um, out of tune chord anymore it, it it fell into tune yeah you, you found the right uh, the right, right puzzle box right so it, right it all, it's been the place yeah now do yeah. you want it to be a sour beer probably not Ooh, i don't think so is it a bad sour beer no 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 i, I think actually given some age it might actually turn out to be something pretty awesome mm-hmm. not intentionally awesome but hey uh play play-doh wasn't intentional right <laughs> And it does play, the sour kind of plays with that coconut pretty interestingly. So, you know, think of um, like tart blueberries. Yeah, maybe. I like, like your cherry call. I think cherry more. Okay. Um, wild cherry. There's something, there's something blueberry. <laughs> that's all I can taste now. There's something, so there's something blueberry-esque about it for me, though. Something that's a little bit. Um, like this maybe deep, a little bit yeasty like the blueberry skin. No, maybe, maybe. And then that's kind of playing in with yeah. that coconut a little bit. <laughs> That's weird. As soon as I realized that there was bugs in here, it's it, it, the perspective changed. It's, it's like the it's, dress, right? It's like the blue mm-hmm, dress. As mm-hmm. soon as as soon as you understand it, you click. That's it, and you can't look at it any other way. That's interesting. Off to let Scott now. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so we. Kind of refreshed our palate a little bit off the hoppy things. So we're going to do this. Uh... Oh, we got to do our commercial first. I do... thought you're the one who always. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you got me trained to spoil the sneak up on the commercial. Uh, so there's a great way to support the show that doesn't have you spending any extra money whatsoever. Because, hey, you're going to buy things on Amazon. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So... 
do that. Yes. Buy things on Amazon. But don't go to Amazon.com. No, start your sh- trick. This one little trick. Start your shopping session at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. That's it. It'll, it'll whisk you right to Amazon. First you'll, thing you see is Amazon. You won't even notice the Crafty Radio page. But you just simply do that. Crappyradio.com slash Amazon. You are off at Amazon, and anything you buy, we're going to get a teeny tiny little percentage of it. No, no extra cost to you. Yes. I think that about sums it up. All right. So a coworker gave this to me. He had a friend coming down from Vermont bring him a uh, four-pack of beer. Want me some water? Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Go ahead with your story. 16-ounce can of double IPA from Vermont. What beer do you think that might be? It's not Heady Topper. <laughs> it, that's immediately what comes But it to is Second Fiddle. Get it? <laughs> I do get it. All right. This is from Fiddlehead Brewing Company. Nice. I like that a lot. Now, based on what we've learned from having a Sam, from having the super fresh Sam Adams and having the one for a month, then we might not be tasting it at its best. I think this one's pretty fresh. I think it just got here. Oh, okay. Well, just then. landed. Um, coworker gave this to me on Thursday. And from opening the can, it smells pretty fresh here. Oh, Fiddlehead it. is one of those. This is the first beer we've had from Fiddlehead Brewing Company. But I've seen people talking about them. They have a rep, apparently, of doing some decent beers. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Second Fiddle. 8.2% alcohol by volume, 80 IBUs. A lot of various different hops coming off of the aroma. Yeah, some that are the same as Sam Adams, some yeah. that are, you know, doesn't have any of that sulfury uh, durianness mm-hmm. or oniony ness that the, the nitro was sending our way. It's really. Um, what's the color of that? That's. Almost a woody, like a, a light tea. Yeah, it has a hop haze to it. It's kind of like when we got the the hop silo from yeah. Summit or some of these it's other. Almost crazy like hop a green mist to it. Yeah. In fact, is there a little green bit? I got some chunks on the bottom of my glass. <laughs> I don't know if those are hop pellets or yeast. Those might be hop pellets. <laughs> um, yeah, but I got some chunks to the bottom of my glass. We'll investigate those later. Yeah. If we don't slurp them up. <laughs> So what are we? So it's kind of citrus, actually. Kind of citrusy. It's uh, ah, that's much better. It's pretty resiny, but it's not really. It's not dank. I wouldn't use yeah. dank as a description. I would get, um, you know, grapefruit pith in the aroma. Yeah, like uh, a, like a reduced oranges. grapefruit or something. Yeah, some orange in there for good measure. Uh, yeah, I think it's citrus reduction. So a lot of pith coming up, a lot of around a lot of oil mm-hmm. nature of that fruit as well. It, it's really citrusy in the flavor; it carries through. It doesn't. I'm not. I'm trying to see if I can pull any tropical or anything like that, but it's really kind of down the center citrus. Mm. The it's kind of scratchy on your tongue, right? I mean, there's so much hop oil in there. It yeah. kind of has that feel of a harvest or, you know, like when you throw a hop from your garden into your glass, you get some of that like scratchy lupulin type feel. It's more focused than, say, the Sam Adams was. 
It was the sound oh, yeah. felt like it, this is yeah, this is really focused yeah. on a narrow um and more traditional American mm-hmm. hopping profile. Where the Sam Adams was kind of like I said, it was kind it's of a throwing basket full of hops. It was, it was, it was throwing like f- four different things at me, and mm-hmm. it was kind of in sequence. It was like, okay, here's A, here's B, here's C, here's D, or here's A, here's B, here's C, here's D. Or D. It's kind of how I was hitting with the Sam Adams. Where this is very traditional, very bright with the citrusy flavors, but it's it's home run. I mean, you know, running right down the center of the road for citrus. It it really is. It's it's very concentrated on, on that. Um, kind of tangerine pull, I, I suppose that'd mm-hmm. be closest to to what it's going for. I think. Yeah, yeah. The last sip, right when you said it, you could, maybe you focused me, or just my palate getting used to it. But yeah, it definitely pulled that turn. You know, where tangerine kind of has a little bit more uh, sweetness to it than an orange does, mm-hmm. uh, and instead of being the acidity it provides is a little bit different, yeah. right? It's kind of not as tart acidity as most oranges. It it's it's a, it's a weird call here because <laughs> there there was something about the the overflowing basket that you got from the Sam Adams that was mm-hmm. that both put me off and I I enjoyed it like mm-hmm. in equal measure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a different Almost like it's it's almost a different side of the coin, uh, where you still have this bounty, but it's really focused. Which one is better? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this one feels. When I use the term traditional, I mean, you know, four plus years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's you know, Pliny the Elder, and, right, 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 and um, Hop Slam, and. Um, Ruination, and you know, and those older double IPAs, right? It's kind of the ones that are citrusy. It's kind of in that ballpark, and we've never had, you know, we've had heady what three times, two or three, at times. least twice, two or three times, and it's never been anywhere near this. Now, I think if we get a good fresh heady, I think it is in this realm. Yeah, but we've just not been able to source a good can of it. That's true. So this it definitely has that big, still alive mm-hmm. hop yeah. sensation. The the hopping is so traditional that I'm I'm forced to be like I'm, I'm not. I took kind of a quicker sip, uh-huh. and it actually. So I, I'm talking about how it's all citrusy. I got a pretty big mango head. Really, almost like a mango skin. Like if you're eating like the mango real close to the skin, like if you. I suppose, but I, I wonder if that's just a sort of a similar flavor as sort of the, the citrus stuff. I think it's just an yeah. accent that's in there. Yeah. I'm, I'm tasting some mango now instead of all the citrus we talked about. Pretty good. It's it's decent. I, I hear what you're saying. Like, how are we going to rank the Nitro IPA versus the second fiddle? I'm not sure, but they're both pretty good. Yeah, I'm... If... <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know. This is an it's been an interesting show so far. I don't know how we're going to rank anything yet. Then our final beer. I mean, that lager was really good. That lager was pretty good too. <clears throat> so our final beer looks like you picked up from Gerd got, got a double wide. Double wide. 
because last night they tapped the New Belgium Fatheads collaboration of Smoldering Session IPA. So this is a Session IPA with limes and I believe apricots and habaneros. Now, I should say, because um, I've frequently been critical of things calling themselves Session beers when, to me, they're not. I mean, and at 4.9%, you can still make the argument. However... I will say I've come around a little bit on, on on the idea, which is that look, definition of sessionable is changing. Definition of what sessionable is not changing, but definition of what session IPA is is changing, and it doesn't mean necessarily a sessionable beer in the same sense. It means a pale ale more focused on IPA than, or more more focused on sort of the IPA flavors than than having a sort of a good malt backbone or decent malt backbone to hit it. So it's like. It's like a pale ale alcohol mm-hmm. with an IPA hot profile. This is the second collaboration that New Belgium and Fatheads have done. Uh, Matt Cole from Fatheads went out to New Belgium. And the first one was the Smoldering Sour. So they did a similar beer with Habaneros mm-hmm. and the New Belgium Cellar. I would have loved to have been yeah. able to try that. And then when the new, one of the New Belgium guys came to Cleveland to launch that beer, they brewed this beer. So this beer was brewed at Fatheads in Cleveland. So this is a very, very clear yellowish-orange. Yep. Not much of a head going on here. Aroma has kind of a... A little opaque, the aroma to me. I'm not... Really? Much, yeah. I got some pepper. Not not straight up habanero, but I got some pepper. I could definitely smell the lime zest. It kind of reminded me of um, like a ceviche or something. Like I'm smelling like hmm. the kind of flavors, you know, the, the citrus and the peppers and stuff that you get off a of ceviche. Okay. I'm, maybe my nose is a little stuffed today or something. Because I'm, I'm getting a little bit of like a serrano pepper more than anything else. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah. smelling like the, the citrus straight up habanero. But yeah, like... Because of all the lime in there, I'm, I'm thinking of the stuff that's around the fish in a ceviche. It smells pretty interesting. I'm smelling mangoes in there. It's probably part of the lime, but I'm thinking peppers, mangoes, lime. Okay, I need to take another sip of that. The, the pepper flavor aroma is very nuanced. I'm still on the aroma, and the aroma of the peppers is very nuanced. I think Serrano is a good call, Greg. Um, kind of is teetering a little bit, and you're getting a little bit of, um, you know, something that's thinner skinned, you know, than a Serrano is. But So you've been sipping. What are you tasting? Um, the first thing you notice is, like most session IPAs, it feels more aqueous than a standard IPA. It doesn't have the same kind of malt. doesn't have mm-hmm. the same kind of body. Uh, there, the the pepper notes are there, but they're. I mean, this is not a habanero sculpin. Right. Uh, it's not really. It's not a super spicy beer. The there's lemongrass in this beer as well. Infused habanero, lime zest, and lemongrass. Mm-hmm. Pepper I might can taste the lime sort of right mm-hmm. away. Um. The the pepperiness I don't I I still taste serranos I think I still taste a sort of mm-hmm. straightforward kind of capsaicin and, and a little bit of grassy note which that might be some of where lemongrass is coming in 
Yeah, um, it does taste like a green pepper, right? Yeah. Serrano's or an jalapeno, but more like serrano. It does. It tastes like a green pepper with the green meat. Yeah. You know, it's kind of what I'm uh, tasting as well. Be curious to see if the heat builds as it's, you it's drink been, it. It's starting to build a little bit, yeah. It's not it's not staying at a very small level. It, it's it's building, but it, but it's not like mm-hmm. habanero sculpin, uh, which is, I mean, that's the right. best pepper I've ever had. Yeah. It's one of the best beers I've ever had, so of course it's the best pepper. Well, this is nice. I'm, I mean, it's a nice drinker. Yeah. Well, it's a session beer. You don't want the pepper to blow you out on the yeah. first glass, right? So think about... The brewer crafting a session pepper beer, right? You don't want to kill them with peppers. Even if they're a heat head, chili head, you know, you kind of want to keep it simple. It's true. Man, I was just thinking about this. Can you imagine if we had habanero sculpin versus a fresh ring of fire? (laughs) It would be fun. Uh, uh, Jason just sent his, you know, standard Saturday night tweet saying, "Hey, what you guys drinking tonight?" And um, he's drinking pineapple sculpin. So, yeah, that's yeah. a new one, right? They yeah. they keep throwing different stuff at it. Um, cool. I mean, hey, what else can you do? I got a billion bucks. Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> durian sculpin. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be all over that. I like this. Um, yeah, it's 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 nice. It's it's the lime really plays a nice note, you know. And I don't want to beat the dead horse of saying ceviche again, but you know, it's kind of in that ballpark. It really takes me back there. And maybe people don't want to think of raw acid cooked fish, you know, in beer, you know, when they're drinking beer. But um, ceviche is yummy. Ceviche and, is great. And uh, just kind of the aromas that comes off the dish is kind of what this beer mm-hmm. is reminding me of very much. If you don't like ceviche, I don't know what to tell you. I mean... You're a bad person. I wouldn't say you're a bad person, but you have a bad tongue. You want to rank? Yeah, get that tongue fixed. Okay. All right, wow. Do you have any idea? Uh, Let's pause and work this one out. Okay. Okay. Number five... Fatter Gary. Basically, I feel like give it a year and it'll be awesome. But right now, uh, it's still in that transition period mm-hmm. where it's, it, this this little yeast is taking over. Uh, and but I think it'll turn into a really cool sour after a while. Yeah, but, it had a neat coconut character yeah. up front, but then once you got in the flavor, it was like too much barrel. But then there was that confusing thing which was a brett wild yeast type character um and until you had it focused it it was out of tune number four sam adams while i uh, would normally not go for the hopping that Mm -hmm. they used uh the nitro i managed to make it so uh i didn't mind it um but didn't mind it is better is different than enjoying it right and so i'm going to put that as at four it's a little bit tougher my number three and my number two i know what my number one is my number three and my number two are, are hard um i'm going to put the uh fiddlehead at number three mostly because there's 
something like the same kind of befuddlement that I had with the Sam Adams, but it just sort of in a slightly different right with, with the not 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 this Sam Adams, but mm-hmm. with the um, the the Rebel Raw, the Rebel Raw, uh, where it was like I, I get what you're trying to do. I don't know whether that fits into what I like. I I, I appreciate it, but probably not f- my you know exactly what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of these beers necessarily are exactly what I'm going for. Nothing hit me as like a wow beer tonight. Number two, I'm going to put the car back. I'm going to put the uh, sympathy for the lager. Uh, I really enjoyed this a lot. I think that there was a lot of, uh, of really great qualities to this. Uh, we talked about it a little bit while uh, we were paused. Jeff thinks it's a little sweet. The honey thing was a little weird to him. I, I actually kind of like it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's for me. And then, Hey, I, this it's, it's growing on me. The more and more I taste of it, this smoldering. So I'm going to go with the uh, fathead slash new Belgium as a number one smoldering session IPA. Hey, session IPA went number one for me. What do you know? <laughs> All right. So I am going to actually kind of, I have kind of revised some of my thinking here. The hard luck loser. I think there was, um, bunch of good beers tonight i'm gonna to put the car back in last place sympathy for the lager i liked it i liked what it got i thought it had good clean lager flavor had some german pedigree to it but you know made here in the america uh, the honey malt and i mentioned i think that was kind of give it a little bit lighter beer for a hotter climate uh it, as I drank it, it just kind of grew and grew a little bit and it it kind of took away from that more traditional um leaner um less sweet maltiness that uh, uh, Vienna Lager would have. So I think uh, I'm going to put it there. Um, the Fatter Gary I'm put in fourth place. Uh, and the reason I did that is because while it's in a interesting transition and it's unintentionally soured, two things. Um, the first couple sips and the aroma had some really cool coconut going on to it and um, and some good barrel flavors. Maybe it was in the barrel a little bit too long for that aspect, but you know that coconut was really good mm-hmm. for that first sip or two before the barrel started building on it. And then I think it's going to turn into a pretty interesting sour beer. It's not poorly soured, even no. if it's accidentally yeah. soured. And uh, so I'll put it in fourth place. And uh, with the proviso that hey, wait, wait for I'll, it. I'll you have the, one. I'll wait send a it. message to Scott telling him and. Uh, See how he feels about such a thing. He'll probably listen to the show. Uh, in third place, this is where it gets pretty tough. I think I'll put the Nitro IPA in third place. I was surprised. This beer... I was worried that because Nitro washes out flavor, that Sam Adams wouldn't put enough oomph behind it to, to balance the beer out. They did. Probably even more than they needed yeah, to. Yeah, they almost like overdid it. <laughs> um, this beer had a gonzo aroma of, and this is one that was going through like A, B, C, D, and like four different things. So you would get tropical, citrusy, sulfury, piney, and um, it was really weird because of that super extra creamy mouthfeel. I think because I've had fresh durian that it um 
the texture. It was like as thick and creamy as like durian, which durian meat is like a pudding. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, um, it's a custard. Yeah. Like a custard pudding. Yeah. It's not, it's not like a solid thing. It's like goo inside a membrane. Mm -hmm. And, um, goo's not the right word. Pudding inside yogurt or pudding inside a membrane. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, everyone should try it. And, not everyone will like it. No, try. not everyone will like it. But those who do like it, you know, you might you might find a new love. And um, oh, it, it really had a lot of oomph in there to power through that washing out character of Nitro. They really backed that up. So good for Sam Adams for knowing that they had to power through the Nitro. Because that's what I was skeptical about ever yeah. since um, they first announced this lineup. I'm going to put the Fiddlehead second fiddle in second place. Um, much better than any of the Heddies I've had. Now, we don't know for sure whether this is competing against Heddy, but it's in the same format, similar can, called second fiddle from a Vermont brewery. Uh, I'm going to wager. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's better than Heddy. I'm just saying we need a better Heddy. But uh, this beer is pretty good. Um, really narrow on its focus. Really good citrus, you know, uh, orange, grapefruit, tangerine, touch of mango in there. I think it, it did it really well. And uh, the reason the Session IPA, they both graded and ranked number one, is because it is really well done. Mm -hmm. um, you know, ever since I first smelled it, I was really, like, dialed in. Would I want something a little spicier? Yes, I would like something a little spicier. Do I understand why a Session IPA, which they want you to drink a bunch of, isn't too spicy? I do understand. I'm that. questionable about whether they want you to drink or not. Well, the, the session IP I think doesn't mean like it does. Session IP no longer means sessionable in sure. the same way. Okay. Well, whether it does or does not, mm -hmm. the initial intention of drinking beer for a session means you're going to have three or four or more. Well, this gets into my whole thing, and now you're <laughs> and, and I was just I just had changed my mind and said, okay, they changed the meaning of session. Now you're okay. saying that session is... Well, I'm saying that if it, this thing is habanero sculpin, you're not going to necessarily order a second or definitely not a third in a row. Of course I would. It's habanero sculpin. <laughs> three in a row? Yeah. All right. But I feel that, you know... They decided. Well, to, I wouldn't. I normally get in different things, but I, I mean, decided to restrain how much heat is in there because of the idea of it. Well, a balancing a lower alcohol beer, yeah. lower generally less saturation of flavors in a session beer, balancing with that, and then yeah, you don't want to burn them out. I, I will give you give everyone this notification. But at Great American Beer Fest, I had near the end of the first session like. 10 different, even more, I think, habanero word, like, vice beers. Uh -huh. The next day <laughs> was not, I don't know Warning. what I was expecting, Warning. but the next day was not good. So <laughs> keep that in mind. Um, yeah. No, so uh, maybe if the pepperiness was a little more signature habanero. With the flavors, that would probably be an enhancement because it does taste more like a green pepper, like a greenish, green colored pepper, like a yeah. serrano, like you said. But other than that, uh, I think the uh, lemongrass and the lime zest really work well with that beer. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio, episode 369. This is uh, Mike Ness from Social Distortion. 
playing the song that played us in. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to uh, email us, you can hit us up beer at craftbeerradio.com. On Twitter, I am at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. And at Craft Beer Radio if you want to do the group uh, podcast account. Uh, we don't do much Facebook or Google Plus, so all uh, everything that shows up on Facebook is because it was on Twitter first and then gets yeah. posted on Facebook. So thank you everyone and uh, we'll see you. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>